Good morning. You're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Monday, June 8th. Happy Monday. Happy Monday, everybody. It's also Mental Health Monday, so we'll check in with Deaconess mm-hmm. Heidi Gaiman in just a moment for Mental Health Monday. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Well, it is Monday. It's been quite a week. I'm sure we have plenty to talk mm-hmm. about in Mental Health Monday. So we'll check in with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman. Good morning, Heidi. Good morning. Thanks for having me. As always, great to have you back for Mental Health Monday. A little time off last week and great conversation with Dr. Eckridge about the connection between um, physical activity or movement and mental health. It provides some great insights for us. Um, today, we'll dig into a new topic as well. Before we do that, let's check in. Everybody doing well. How are you this week, Heidi? Yeah, I feel better because I got to see my family. And as you all know, that makes a huge difference for Mm -hmm. our mental health and all of our health. And so I feel like a new person, honestly, like just some of the worries and concerns that I had internally that I didn't even know about. I feel like, oh, they've been lifted. Thank you, Lord. And (laughs) I got to go to church and I got to receive communion. And so like so many great things in the last few days for me, I feel really good. Oh, I also finished the first draft of my manual script for my upcoming book so it was a good weekend so you're feeling (laughs) like uh, i'm sure much lighter today it sounds like yeah absolutely yeah that's a good way to say it sarah how you doing this week it's Monday. Um, so. <laughs> in the last 24 hours, um, <laughs> I got I got uh, my, my final shipment of birthday coffee from uh, from Dearborn, Michigan. So I'm super excited about that. I'm drinking it right now. Actually, it's like straight from Yemen, which is like the birthplace of coffee. So I'm super nerding out over it. It's amazing. Um, and we also got to go back to church. Uh, we started a couple of weeks ago, but uh, we got to do, my husband and I and a few other people got to sing for all three services for Trinity Sunday yesterday. So that was, that was fun. And we're like knee deep in house hunting. So, you know, that's a different episode. <laughs> you sang for three services on Trinity Sunday? Yes, we did. Isn't that great? That's funny. <laughs> three whole services for Trinity Sunday. The triumphium <laughs> of perfection in church music. <laughs> How are you, Andy? Well, thanks for asking. I am doing well. We are um, slowly reintegrating into society here as stay-at-home orders um, are slowly being lifted here in the St. Louis area. So, um, and also returning, some of us returning back to the the International Center as well, um, slowly and piece by piece. Um, So uh, there have been a a skeleton crew keeping things going. Stephanie's been doing a great job for us at KFUO, keeping things running. Uh, in the studio uh, several days a week. And uh, so piece by piece, we're we're returning to the building and trying to figure out how to make that transition, trying to wrap my brain around it. So sometimes it makes my brain hurt in in terms of trying to figure out all the technical aspects of that and how to make that work. But but it's all good. Um, Family's doing well here. And uh, we too have had some time with with family over the last couple of weeks, just here and there, a few opportunities to visit with family, which has been very very helpful but also um uh, trying to spend for me i've been trying to uh, trying to stay informed about what's going on in our country but balance that with um spending too much time on social media um and being overwhelmed as well um trying to uh to understand and process everything that's happening or that's 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 happened and um how to be helpful what can i do to be helpful 
um, but also not be, uh, I don't know, not be unhelpful um, by uh, taking in old, too much of the wrong information. So, um, so that, that leads us into this week's topic of empathy. Uh, I think that um, after seeing what's been going on in our country, empathy is, a, a, I think, a key topic. Where do you see that fitting in the, the picture of where we are right now in our country, Heidi? Yeah, I think, first of all, empathy is something that uh, Sarah knows intimately that we addressed <laughs> at, on Lutheran Ladies Lounge a mm -hmm. few, gosh, was that a couple months ago? Because I was I in think studio, that was so a couple several months, months ago. ago, I guess. <laughs> but, but, you know, we, we knew, we had a heartbeat on the fact that we need to be talking about this more already. So pre-COVID, pre-pandemic, pre um, racial tensions, although I, I am reticent to say pre-racial tensions, because right. let's be honest, especially those listeners in St. Louis very much know that this has been a very long time in coming, uh, hundreds of years in coming, if you will, um, and uh, even more so in the last, uh, you know, 70 years or so, like we've needed to kind of deal with these things and look them head on, but that requires a lot of empathy. And so pre-pandemic, uh, we needed more empathy on social media. We needed more empathy in all of our places and spaces, even in our churches and our congregations and our communities. We need more empathy. Uh, then the pandemic happens. And I think it was, you know, really obvious on social media in particular, but probably in our conversations with people that the empathy was desperately needed. Like it reached this kind of fever pitch of uh, people being unable to see from each other's perspectives and understand context in different situations. And then when we talk about the depth of empathy that's needed in issues of race and class and ethnicity and uh, poverty and, and different topics like that, then I think we can see how everything feels really big and the need for empathy sits right in our lap. And so that's one thing that makes us really uncomfortable right now is that it's something we've needed to deal with for a very long time, empathy in our places and spaces. But as we kind of put that off, just as we have the other topics, then um, it's demanding attention. And that's never comfortable for us in the same way when our kid is saying to us, hey, mom, 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 you know, is uncomfortable <laughs> for us. That's what it feels like right now. And so uh, I think empathy is a good topic, a good way to conceptualize how we can bring, no matter our vantage point, how we can bring a space of health and a space of growth wherever we go, you know, whether that's on social media, wherever we go to converse and talk, empathy is a good place to start. Mm -hmm. How do you define empathy? Is there are there more is there more than one way to define it, or is it kind of a, a general uh, agreed upon thing that we that we all definitely need to do more of? <laughs> yeah, I think research has shown us that our past definitions of empathy were lacking, just like any any word definition. It's mm -hmm. it's evolving. You know, language is always evol evolving. And so the research has been helpful that we've had in recent years to be able to get a fuller understanding of empathy. And so the way that I contextualize it from putting together various forms of research, as well as dictionary definitions, is a focus on the capacity 
for being aware, sensitive to, and open to experiencing the feelings, thoughts, and experiences of another when someone communicates or shares their thoughts, feelings, or experiences. So you can notice a few things in that definition. Number one, we're, we're talking about feelings, thoughts, and experiences. Sometimes when we think about empathy, we only think about feelings. Like I'm, I'm just feeling how you're feeling right now. And so we've noticed that there's a flaw in that. And we really tackle it when we talked about grief a lot on my website and in our Mental Health Mondays over there. The fact that we don't really understand where someone is. We can't completely wrap our heads around their particular context. But at the same time, we can be open to experiencing what they share with us. And that's really the heart of empathy. And so we define empathy also within cognitive empathy then, as well as emotional empathy. So Sometimes I think I should take a breath before I continue going. <laughs> you know, I'm always like so full of information sometimes. But the reality is that I think in Lutheranism, we can wrap our heads a little bit more around cognitive empathy. And so I'm going to start there. I think that's really a helpful vantage point because we understand uh, kind of a, a head knowledge. We're, we're a thinking church, you know, if you will. And so there is a place for that. And, and there's a place for that that I don't see happening in the world around us that is called perspective taking. And so I need to hear what you're saying and actually think through that. There are thoughts involved. It isn't just about how I feel about it. It is about what you're saying and processing those words and thoughts. And then cognitive empathy takes it a step further by basically trying to see from your lens. So I'm going to kind of put on glasses for a minute. That doesn't mean that I buy everything you're saying. That doesn't mean that we agree on everything, but I'm going to take the glasses that you're sharing with me and I'm going to put them on so I can see from your perspective. Does that make sense, you guys? Yes, yeah. it, it does to me. Okay. Yeah. That I good, can good. look at something, well, that I can look at something from someone else's perspective without necessarily buying into it, that... Um, mm -hmm. I can take the yeah. time to actually look at it from their perspective. It doesn't mean that that I agree that that I've I'm I'm sold out to it wholeheartedly, but but I can just take the mm -hmm. time to to look at it from their perspective, yes. consider the circumstances, and try to understand it at least to some degree. Yeah, and I think that one thing I would encourage the listener to do is leave the glasses on just a little bit longer. That is one way we build empathy. So empathy is something that we have because of the Holy Spirit inside of us. You know, I really believe that empathy is uh, one of the spiritual gifts that we hear about in scripture that isn't named particularly with that particular name that we call it in English. But at the same time, we have it. You know, that's a work of God in us because it's a good work and any good work we know is from God, right? And I'm not going to be able to have empathy without the Holy Spirit doing that and welling up inside of me and me reading the word and tapping into the spirit. Um, but at the same time, I think we take the glasses off really quickly. And that's one thing that hurts our ability to share empathy. So we can build empathy and grow in empathy by leaving the glasses on a little bit longer. So when someone shares something with me, instead of jumping to the exception right away is one thing I see happening a lot. So, you know, similar to when someone says Black Lives Matter and then someone else better. 
what I want people to do is just leave the glasses on just a little bit longer. So I think that helps us to get a fuller perspective and to be able to actually share an empathy with one another while still being able to continue the discussion. But when we jump to the exception too quickly and when we take the glasses off right away, then we've shut down the conversation and we're not able to get to those other points. You know, there are places and spaces we will never agree with each other, but we surely can listen a little bit better to each other. And that's one thing that cognitive empathy does for us. So that's an important thing. And then emotional empathy is more traditional empathy, the way that we think about it, where we are feeling what people are feeling. And the best example I have for this is on Star Trek, uh, The Next Generation, there's Counselor Troy and she's an empath. Well, that's a ridiculous idea, but at the same time, it's built on truth. You know, there's always a nugget of truth in everything that we see that's untruth. And so they take this idea that people can feel other people's emotions, and then they take it to the 10th degree on that show for these ideas of impasse. And there are people in the world who believe in impasse also, but we do not believe in that, I don't think. Um, so emotional empathy, though, is that we can, we can enter into conversations in spaces where people share, remember their thoughts, feelings, or experiences, and we are willing to share that burden with them. I really think that's the place of it biblically, is that suffering and rejoicing together is that place of empathy. So I am willing to help hold the burden alongside you so you don't have to hold it by yourself. That doesn't mean I can take it. That doesn't mean I can understand it completely. And you know, I really encourage you to stay away from phrases like that, like I understand. Um, my friend Anika pointed out this weekend at a protest I was at that it's probably a wiser thing to say, I stand with you. Like I'm with you in this. I'm, I'm sitting alongside you in this, whatever that is, whether it's grief and loss or someone affected financially by the pandemic or uh, our uh, black indigenous and people of color, uh, people among us and friends and those in our churches and those in our communities. And so just being able to keep the conversation going is one of the greatest gifts of empathy that we can give. And so just, just acknowledging we're in this together. I, I don't know, I may not understand, but I'm willing to listen longer is one of the good things that I'm hearing come out of this. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. We're talking with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman from Mental Health Monday. We have more to talk about empathy in just a moment. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. This Monday, June 8th, 2020, KFUO Radio thanks our day sponsor, Lenore Booth of Rockland, California. Lenore made a gift to KFUO Radio in loving memory of her husband, Bob Booth, who was called home to the Lord on May 26, 2019, and in appreciation for all loving and faithful husbands in the world. Thank you, Lenore Booth, for helping us share the gospel and for being today's KFUO day sponsor.
the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, on behalf of Concordia Plan Services, Lutheran Housing Support Corporation, Concordia University System, Lutheran Church Extension Fund, the LCMS Foundation, and Corporate Synod, daily reaches out to our members and partners, working together to support our local, global, and international ministries, church workers, and LCMS initiatives at large to carry the mission forward and to serve each other in love. Opportunities to serve, lcms.org careers. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Mental Health Monday, talking with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman, licensed clinical social worker. We're talking about empathy today. Uh, we were talking about the different types of empathy, both uh, cognitive empathy as well as, what was the other one? The Emotional. Emotional, thank you. <laughs> the goal is to help Andy remember it. This remember, is my new emotional. Day, right? I, thought it, I thought it was emotional, but I was like, is there another word for it? I couldn't remember. I was looking through the notes. Okay, so it cognitive. It was like empathy download. Yeah, I don't right. play through it all. <laughs> so um, listening um, and, and you, I, I want to go back to something you mentioned earlier about it's, it's not always helpful to say, I understand, but rather maybe uh, I stand with you, or what about simply just I'm listening? Mm, that's really good. I think so often, you know, I was just joking with you guys at the break, the fact that as a therapist, I sit in silence a lot. Like I just let words come from the other person. And sometimes that means allowing a space where there's nothing happening, where no words are coming from anyone. And so that's a skill that I have had to learn. I remember in college, one of my professors telling me, Heidi, why don't you count to 10 before you talk? And I was so deeply offended, but it was the best advice ever because I was never going to learn to give a space for someone else's voice. And that's one thing that we talk about when we're talking about empathy is giving a space for someone's voice, to voice their thoughts, feelings, and experiences. And so, yeah, I think I'm listening is a really good one. And, you know, deaconesses, we call it the ministry of presence. They know, and pastors too. And, and I think all of our uh, commissioned and ordained workers know, and so many of our Stevens ministry people, that just being a presence with someone is a really powerful thing. And I do think the words, I'm listening, I'm here, those very simple things, or that's hard is another really good empathetic phrase that I've heard, you know, make sure you're genuine about that. You know, those, that's one of the most important parts of empathy is don't say something if it's not genuine, that's not empathetic. Um, but yeah, just real simple things instead of trying to fill in solutions to problems. You know, we going back to um, listening and fighting the urge to, to jump in and share our perspective. I know this is taking back a few mm -hmm. paragraphs here, but sometimes mm -hmm why is it so hard to fight the urge to to speak rather than listening with empathy mm -hmm. why is that mm -hmm. why do we just want to say when someone says something uh mm -hmm. and we disagree with it we just we have we're like fighting this urge to to say um to, to make a point or to, to show that we disagree with mm -hmm. what they're saying why do we have to fight yeah. that so hard? <laughs> right. No, I think part of that is, you know, we have Adam inside of us, like we all do, <laughs> and it's going to well up all the time. And, and just 
being real and honest about that with both ourselves and other people. You know, perspective taking starts with me. So it starts with understanding my perspective that I come from and how that differs from the people around me. Um, so understanding that my perspective is that I'm a sinful human being. And so things are going to come out that are sinful or that are maybe just janky or that aren't helpful. Confess uh, that we we ask God for forgiveness for the sins that we commit and those we don't even know about. And so perspective is a really huge piece of that stuff I don't know about, I think, that we confess. And so number one, understanding that the beauty of that is that there's grace every single time. And empathy really is about giving grace. And so when we give grace to ourselves in that space, when we say, hey, you know what, I jumped in too soon. Like, I'm really sorry. Will you forgive me? That opens up the grace of empathy more than ever. That doesn't mean that person has to respond in the way we want them to, but I have seen relationships and spaces of conversation transformed when I have asked for forgiveness because I messed up and my Adam jumped up first. The other thing that happens is that we love truth and truth is important. It's very important. We cannot love truth more than we love love. <laughs> you know, God holds both those things together in duality. And so sometimes I think, especially in um, the Lutheran church, because we have such clear doctrine that's really important to us, we can jump in really quickly because we think that uh, the truth needs to be upheld. Sometimes I have to remind myself that that's not always my space. You know, like I can have a voice to the truth. I need to couple that with love, number one. That's the most important thing because the truth will never be heard outside of love. So that's scriptural. That's Paul talking. That's the spirit talking. Um, but at the same time, also, I don't always have to be the one upholding the giant truth placard. I have to be engaged in what that person needs from me and asking the spirit in that moment, you know, this is one reason it's really important to be in God's word every day, because I'm not going to be able to judge that well without that in my life. Um, but just asking God, what do you need me to give right now? What do you want me to offer this person right now? Um, and being in the word will help us have discernment for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I So much of when we enter into these conversations where we uh, we may not have the experiences that we're faced with. Uh, there's a lot of breaking down your own barriers and your own assumptions of what you think you know um, or what you, you've experienced in order to have that, that empathy, to be able to see something from someone else's perspective. Uh, and I've, I've seen mm -hmm. several things on social media lately about um, like, it's okay to change your viewpoint, that that can be a healthy mm -hmm. thing if you've held some assumption for a long time uh, and then you, you listen to people's stories, it's not weakness to, or wrong mm -hmm. to change your viewpoint, um, or being fake to change how you, uh, move forward with something. Once you do break down your own barriers and listen to other people's stories. Yeah, I think that's really true. And it's important to understand there's a difference between truth and our personal assumptions. And mm -hmm. so that's one reason we dig into the word to be able to, for God to share the truth instead of Heidi's truth. You know, we don't, mm -hmm. we don't believe in that. So instead, like trying to separate our perception and our personal assumptions from what God thinks, believes, and confesses is really important. And I think that as Christians, that's an ongoing work. We can be you know, really spiritually mature people, although we're always growing, but we can be really spiritual mature people 
and still have a lot of assumptions because we only have the lens that we have in our life. And empathy is always about widening the lens. We have we want to widen our lens at all times, and that will go well if we uh, just take a step back and look at God's word and look at uh, other people's perspectives, be willing to hear them. That will help us root out our assumptions. And you said something really important, Sarah, there about compassion and its place in in empathy, but even more than that, self-compassion and its place of empathy. So that is what you're talking about when you say, oh, I can change my perspective. I can take in new information and you know rearrange. That doesn't mean we get rid of our essential doctrine or anything, but there's a whole lot of adiaphora out there and a whole lot of how we move and live and be in the world that isn't well-defined scripturally. And so, yeah, just being able to have some compassion with ourselves will help us be able to have compassion with others then so we can move forward in empathy. Wow. There's so much <laughs> more there, especially yeah. talking about truth and mm -hmm. recognizing that there is God's objective truth and mm -hmm. then our own personal experiences, which our world now defines as my truth or your truth rather than recognizing mm -hmm. them merely as our own experiences in our our world view um <laughs> wow yeah, there, yeah we could go on for hours but we have like 10 seconds left so i guess we won't <laughs> of course we do of course we do yeah i would just say to wrap it up just remember that thoughts feelings and experiences we can see from people's both emotional as well as perspective you know cognitive perspective without believing what they're saying as biblical truth. Those are two very different things. And so enter in with compassion in the spaces around us to share God's grace and truth and love all together by hearing people's stories and experiences first, and then moving on to teaching and confessing and all of that good stuff. Deaconess Heidi Gaiman, licensed clinical social worker, Mental Health Monday. Thanks for being our guest today. Thanks for having me. I'll see you next week. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Oh,